<laughs> um, uh, <laughs> oh my God, comic book fans, Jesus Christ, my heart goes out to you guys, seriously, um, because no one has had to put up with more shit as well as feed the monster that's constantly shitting on them as much as comic book fans. No one has. Um, you you look at, uh, it's like, from from outside looking in, um, somebody who likes manga and shit, I've seen manga that essentially were good, but just lack readers and a following, and then they get dropped. Or mangas that continue on, even though they're really, really basic and, and stupid. And sometimes, and then eventually their fan base falls off. And it might take people a couple of minutes to catch on what I already see, but the shit happens. But you get a kind of, hell, I've even seen manga that fell off and then come back through fan outcry, meaning that somebody liked it. There were people who enjoyed it. Hell, the best um, showcase of that is fucking fairy tale. My God. But with comic books, Jesus. You guys get such a bad, a bad rap for one for years for even being the fans of comic books. And now it's gotten to the point where you guys can't even catch a fucking break when it comes to just for the shit to get adapted. Even even years after the concept of Hollywood doing their own thing has proven time and time again to be wrong to be bad, to actually fuck up the stories and the popularity and all that, losing so much damn money just off of the off of the basis of you made a bad movie with a character that had a fan base and you can't possibly understand why. And all you had to do <laughs> was follow something in the comic book because none of the people who watched the movies have ever, well, Generally, most of the people who watch the movies haven't ever read a comic book. So literally taking one of their more popular and famous moments from the comic book and actually using that as a platform and that that as a storyboard to film it and then recreate it and then give it to the masses has a better chance of actually making you money than allowing the idiots to just do whatever the fuck they want because they assume that they basically... Hollywood has a has a um, has a history of doing shit where essentially they give nobody's a chance at something that is kind of guaranteed to make money. That way they can um, let them do something else later on. But they generally don't really care about the product that they give them, even though you would look at it and go, why would they trust someone that's a nobody with this large IP that is guaranteed to make money? And it's like, well, that's why they know this is going to make money. They just need this person to kind of find their niche before they actually get out and just start doing movies for them on their own on separate shit. And it's one of the reasons that the fall of the superhero movies is happening, but comic book fans just ain't really seeing it. And like I said, my heart goes out to you guys because this shit is funny. So now we have the DCU <laughs> or what, what I think is a, a weird way to place it rather than DC SHEU. Um, but yeah, they have the DC SHEU where now they've actually announced that they're going to do three movies in relation to um, fucking superheroes uh, within, excuse me, just woke up, <laughs> within relation to like the, um, the, the DC movies that are going to basically hit a reboot and 
use fucking Supergirl, Batgirl, and Wonder Woman as a for whatever fucking reason, as as like something that they're hard hitting going into full frontal, and this is totally gonna make money and make so many people happy. Now, the biggest one that I have an issue with is the fucking um Batgirl. And uh after that would be Supergirl, considering the fact how just how well the Supergirl TV series was or was taken. And it's like, you know, it it went on for six seasons, you know, but it's like there were clear defining features that the ratings were just fucking shit. And, you know, so I don't really know with that one. Um, but in the sense of what they're going to do and what they got going on, you know, I think it's being leaked like the Flashpoint movie that they're going to do, which I also think is incredibly stupid because that's based off of something that is an infamous storyline rather than an actual well-received Flash storyline. The Flashpoint is responsible for creating the New 52. And <laughs> um, the, the Flashpoint paradox um, yeah, thing is responsible for creating the New 52. So if they're going to do that, and it, was like, it, it wasn't anything that was well-received or well-liked within the comic book industry. It's something that happened. And it basically had a ripple effect of creating what literally was considered one of the worst runs of the DC comic books. Uh, so why would you make a movie based off of that situation if everything connected to it is not well-liked or well-received? You know, it's like a Christopher Nolan making a fucking The Dark Knight Returns movie, but it has nothing to do with the comic book of The Dark Knight Returns which is one of the biggest and, and baddest and most awesome Batman storylines ever that people just fucking love. And that's not what he do. <laughs> it's like, and that's, that's exactly what happened. And it's like, so it's, <laughs> yeah, like people forget like, no, Christopher Nolan had one good Batman movie. He made, he made a shitty trilogy, but he made one good Batman movie. Uh, <laughs> so, like I said, uh, the, the Batgirl one being the worst candidate because essentially the plan is is that they're going to do a Batman Beyond-esque situation with her being um, replacing Terry McGinnis and then having Michael Keaton as the aged Batman in the situation. Realistically, something that could make just as much fucking money as the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. I guarantee you, if they were to have it to where you actually got someone to play Terry McGinnis using Michael Keaton as a former Batman to train him, and then you put that in the goddamn movie scope, my God, would it have made money. That would have made so much fucking money. That would have been so awesome to see. That would have been so amazing because Batman Beyond actually was incredibly popular, and it's something that has nothing to do um, with correlating or uh swapping out uh you know just just the idea of just swapping out batman but actually terry mcginnis himself was his own brand new person and then having bruce wayne as the guy in the chair helping him had a slew of brand new villains the situation was pretty cool and interesting held the futuristic speak and the talks and the stuff that they had was just my god people still say that shit today <laughs> they don't you don't know they don't use it in conversations but when you bring up batman beyond motherfuckers are gonna go shway <laughs> and and it's like if we're in the process of taking shit using nostalgia bait and 
we already are fucking up with these comic book characters. Why would you miss on such a golden opportunity rather than to just go, what if Batgirl was trained by Michael Keaton? It's like, you bitch, you realize and you understand that this is in correlation of something that people have been asking for with a Batman Beyond. But then you choose to replace it with Batgirl because for some reason, the vagina scope is finally going to get the recognition that it deserves. And I hate that this is what has happened to the comic books and <laughs> bringing it to the big screen. But that's what you let happen. And I'm speaking specifically to comic book fans because I didn't grow up um, indulging in this shit because of the comics. Other people did. And that's something that kept those things going for years, decades. And considering the fact that you all have a history of just bending over backwards and letting these people fuck you up the ass and giving you bullshit, you buying it and absorbing the content and essentially just remembering the days of yore and hoping that one day they'll come back to the days of yore has done nothing for you as far as that industry is concerned. Comic books are now shit. No, no comic book person will tell you like, oh yeah, investing or buying up brand new comic books now will be the thing to do. No, it'll all be back catalog, back issues, or looking up old shit and things like that. And it was like, those are the ones to try and get. But actually looking at anything that's of current, that's new, that's something that should have obviously cashed in on the popularity of all of these comic books going to the fucking big screen. And they tell you no. Over the years, ever since they started initially doing this shit onto movies, they've just been fucking up more and more and more. But it's not like comic books themselves don't have a history of fucking up that bad. You see what I'm saying? So now that you're basically incorporating the aspect of, well, since the popularity of movies, maybe now they'll get their act right. Maybe now they'll stop doing the dumb shit that they're doing. Maybe once Disney owns Marvel, they'll no longer put in a bunch of female heavy bullshit. Oh, wait. That's what Disney does to everything. So that's going to happen. <laughs> Disney don't make money off of it, but they don't give a fuck. That's just what's going to happen. Maybe Netflix, when they get a superhero or something, they won't actually, they'll pick a good story of one of these indie comics rather than just something that needs to be correlated from Marvel or DC. Oh, wait, it can't because Netflix don't fucking get it. <laughs> Netflix produce cuties. And yet, for some reason, as soon as a new season of Cobra Kai come out, then we're supposed to pretend like, oh, yeah, they didn't fucking do cuties. But that's what everyone does. And it's like, hey, I still watch shit, but I'd be damned if I pay for it. <laughs> I say that all goddamn day. I watch it. I'll be damned if I pay for it. Um, <laughs> hey, you should, too. You should, too. <laughs> but it, this is this is getting outrageous. That, that I keep constantly seeing so many people who are fans of the comic books and things like that bitch and moan about the stuff. And it's like, yeah, you guys had the power a long time ago. You guys could have, like, one of, the, one of the bigger industries that basically come together to have a fucking convention to um, hoist up this shit and raise it and um, hold them over their shoulders and act as if, you know, like they were, they were amazed, they were great all along. People just didn't realize it and was honestly telling the truth when that aspect came into play. But you never hoisted them over your shoulders and told them, you know, you're responsible for our happiness. As long as we're happy, we'll keep hoisting you up. But you fuck up, we'll drop your ass. 
it, it should have been a solidarity moment. It should have been something where they came together, letting both the people who write and create the shit, the same notion of the people who indulge and absorb the shit, everyone come together and realize, hey, we're all in this together. We were the outcast group. We were the niche genre. We were the downtrodden um, industry that no one cared for. And realistically, it's like, well, the people who keep your ass going are the people you need to keep happy. And what happened? It was like just years and years of constantly flip-flopping, fucking up characters, retconning shit, getting people who don't know how to write a character or even understand the character that they write, um, getting them behind the pages of a book, having people change shit, like making Daredevil seem like fucking um, um, Deadpool or uh, having Spider-Man have a goddamn clone saga situation, which again is something that's infamous. And I pray to God that they never try to instill it into a Spider-Man movie, but it is infamous. It is not famous. That thing is a horrible moment within Spider-Man's mythos. Never try to recreate it. Same thing as the One More Day fucking book. And the fact of the matter is, is that after years of this shit should be um, being a perfected craft from all the way back in the fucking 50s and the 60s, um, it seems to me that it's retarded as shit that Spider-Man should ever have had a situation like the One More Day fiasco. Because that book is horrible. That book is horrible. That situation is horrible. And it's something that never would have taken place with the character of Spider-Man. And... Upon looking at that, it's not like there was a huge outcry of making sure that that shit never happens again, that people who write for Spider-Man understand and learn, we don't do that to Spider-Man, or that they never is anything that's similar to something like that happening to that character again. That's what should have rang true throughout the halls of Marvel for forevermore when it came to Spider-Man, and it probably would have made sure that shit like um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man never got done. And... And that is what should have happened. But what happened? All the comic book industry needed to do was just go, we retcon the book. And then the fans fucking, they they love it. And it's like, well, it's not real. Good. As long as it's not connected to the official thing, ah, I'm good. And that's not the problem. That was never the problem. As far as the comic book people um, who are indulging in this shit and enjoying this shit and whatnot are looking at it. And it's like, you're looking... You're, you're looking at the forest. You're mistaking the forest for the trees. And that is exactly what was happening. It was like, and that is what kept happening. And that's what keeps happening when it comes to the comic book world. Is that now it's gotten to the point, instead of basically pressuring and asking and just demanding that some dumb shit get retconned so that it doesn't fuck up the flow of comic books and then they try again with a different story and a better situation, better outline and whatnot, now it's gotten to the point where comic book fans just are basically they give up and they just let the shit not fly off the shelves. They laugh at the people who produce it and then they criticize everything else that gets released from it. That helps nobody. Now, like I said, you, you can sit here and like point finger at me and I was like, well, you do that. Like you don't, you know, you don't, um, you just criticize shit. And again, I need to reiterate, I'm not a comic book person. I'm not a comic book fan. I am a Spider-Man fan when it comes to Marvel. And I am a fucking Batman fan when it comes to DC. My love for Spider-Man etched out into other things. I like Deadpool as well as the Hulk. Um, and I, I like the I like Wolverine. I must say I like the Wolverine, but I like Wolverine. And my attentiveness and my fascination with those characters and the shit that they go through has expanded into my knowledge of that stuff. 
But if you want to learn anything about Wolverine, bitch, you're going to learn about the X-Men. It's the fucking X-Men. If you want to learn anything about Spider-Man, bitch, you got to learn about his Rose Gallery. But and in learning about his Rose Gallery, that means that you need to understand the scientific minds behind the people that are in his Rose Gallery and how they stack up to some of the better scientific minds within Marvel's comics. Thus to solidify and um, basically expand on their threat. Shit, that's important. <laughs> you have to learn about the times when Spider-Man was a part of the Avengers. You have to learn about the times Spider-Man was part of the Dark Avengers. Or the fact that it was actually Scorpion within a Venom suit a part of the Dark Avengers. Or the fact that Spider-Man was being hunted as a criminal upon Captain America's death. Shit like that. Or his importance in the, um, in the situation of the Civil War in the original Civil War comics. Shit like that. And, you know, Hulk is just badass. But my fascination for those characters stems in a... a in, blows up my knowledge for the different things about that that revolve around said characters but i was never allocated with the industry i was never a part of that industry i wasn't buying spider-man comic books finding out the information about spider-man came when google was an easily accessible um thing in my fingertips not when i i wouldn't sit at comic book shops and nothing like that the only reason i actually ever went into a comic book shop is because my friends were fascinated in going to one at a mall that I would frequently visit, but I, I knew it was there, never went in. And then my friends were fascinated with it. And then upon learning about them doing the brand new um, Secret Wars books, I got fascinated with it because we all were fascinated with the different stories that could possibly come out. And then I bought the Secret Wars books that were going out. And I got them as soon as they came out because I knew from how they look, what they are and what they were got going on eventually. This is something that's going to, you know, that's going to be worth a damn because of what it's doing and what it is. And then what the story was initially upon me reading it wasn't anything bad. Hell, um, I, I remember like getting my first taste of exactly how the um, comic book stores work and like not giving a damn as a consumer um, upon like getting a book and then um, basically having like a little folder where they save shit that I order. And then uh, looking at something and then being like, you know what, money wise, I'm not wasting all of this for some comics and i was like i'm just getting these and the guy was like what are you doing and i was like well, what do you mean <laughs> and it was like i'll order this for you and then you're not getting it and i was like dude i'm not getting it what now what like what the fuck's gonna happen you're gonna force me to buy the shit and it was like, i don't want it <laughs> I, was like, I don't i don't want it sorry and that's a I could give two shits in terms of the comic book world i don't care <laughs> but i'm looking at the guy like yeah i don't want it I don't want it because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, stupid book hasn't really been interesting, interesting for me. And yeah, it's all my little log thing, but I don't really understand the work or how to use that to make sure that shit stops or whatnot. And it was already past the time before I was coming up here to get my little Secret Wars issue. And yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> I never forget that shit. And I was like, I just, I don't want it. And uh, yeah, and he's just like, and he just looked like, like, oh, like, man, you like, that's money wasted for me. And I was like, yeah, them's the breaks, nigga. <laughs> I was like, you own a fucking comic book store. Them's the breaks. Them's the goddamn breaks. I'm pretty sure people come over here and look at that, look at that giant stockpile of comics you got. And they just go, yeah, I'm just browsing. And they don't buy nothing. I was like, I'm about to buy something. J give me what I want. <laughs> if it was only there, I'll only pick up these. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like them to break. I don't feel bad 
for this interaction because essentially I'm a goddamn customer. I'm buying shit. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people in here playing card games. They're not buying shit. I'm buying something, goddammit. And it's just the fact that, hey, got swept up in the moment of getting all this shit. And guess what? I changed my mind. Happens all the time. Yes, it's the equivalent of being in a grocery store, putting shit in your cart, and then taking out half the shit in your cart and then telling the cashier, I don't want this. <laughs> It is that it is the equivalent of that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you don't want it, don't want to pay for it, and you'd be wasting your money otherwise. Hey, guess what? You stick you stick this shit back on the shelves, you go about your day. That's it. There are people who do that within grocery stores. And if you've ever worked in a grocery store before, or like Walmart, Target, or some shit like that, then you understand it ain't that big of a deal. People do this shit all the time. They have this shit happens all the time. If anything, you get more res- you you find yourself more respectable to put the shit back when you're in the midst of shopping, and then you're like, I don't need this. That's totally different. But when you're at the cashier, and then you ring in your brain, I don't want this. Totally different situation. Totally different situation. And you kind of feel bad and whatnot, and you probably should. But you don't want it. You don't want to spend the money off of it. You should not be faulted for that. You should not feel bad about that. Yeah, the cashier gonna catch an attitude because they. They all ready to just swipe the shit and be done with it. But guess what? That is not what's happening. (laughs) Hold on, curveball. (laughs) And whether you hit it or not, hey, I just threw a curveball. So (laughs) it's either you're going to hit it or you you just let it happen. (laughs) Curveball. So I'll never forget that. But that was something where I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> but it was like as a comic book shop person it was like oh man like you just oh man just like now who's gonna buy this shit i don't know <laughs> that's not my job <laughs> but essentially having an industry or having a group of fans and a group of people that essentially work that way uh well not not in terms of how the comic book shop is but i'm going back to what i initially was talking about in terms of just essentially eating up anything that comes out of it but accepting all that's um, wrong and bad with it and just being like, as long as someone goes, well, it was retcon, and then you're just a happy camper. And that's stupid as shit to me. That's dumb. That's a dumb way of handling an industry that you're in love with or some or or being fascinated with. Anime people have been out crying and speaking about anime for years. And it literally has gotten to a point where, yes, generally speaking, the the fascination with anime is correlating with the appeal of anime um, or like the fact or like the um, or like the outcry from the fans on what they wanted from anime is starting to get shown greatly within either the manga as well as the light novels that are starting to get adapted into being anime and the fucking um, and the fucking anime um, structure themselves because a hell of a lot more people in America are far more um adaptable to shonen manga but at the same time demand far more mature content but and this is me knowing knowing the room but because they're too fucking stupid to know or to or to go out of their way to look up other shit that would be more adult they're far too adverse to essentially take in what is shonen and just want that to be more adult and what happened the actual industry made it to where shonen is far more edgy and mature the shit that they show as anime now is far more graphic 
than it used to be fucking years ago. Fist of the North Star's blood was white. Remember? It was white. Now, there's a goddamn anime about a healer who rapes people or who was raped and then went back in time and has now proceeded to rape people. I call it hero, healer rapist. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I call it healer rapist. And there was such a huge, oh my God, when a Goblin Slayer had a rape scene in it because a girl was raped by a goblin, thus letting you know the severity and how fucking real Goblin Slayer itself was. One of those funny things, that doesn't happen throughout the rest of Goblin Slayer. It's mentioned another time with a girl that's considered to be a hero. It's mentioned in accordance to her, but it doesn't happen again. And yet the outcry and how big of a fucking deal that was in terms of the media or people who are interested in anime, since that's the new boom and that's the new big thing to, to jump and pounce on that, how big of a deal it was to just sit there and glorify that or like to look at it like, look, look, look what they did. Look what they did in an anime. And then they showed it on television in Japan. And people here in America watched it. Oh my God. And if you understood the anime industry, or if you understand the tide in which anime itself is going into, then you would have looked at that and went, yeah, so <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. It isn't that much. It's not anything that worse for wear of anime that's been introduced recently but it is something that is considered or is held within a certain um a certain group of shit that essentially people who enjoy anime are willing to look at and understand act and they want because of the fact that they have grown up with this shit so they demand far more maturity or they demand far more prevalent um content that essentially is something that they can connect with because the shit that they grew up watching is essentially over with, but we still are fascinated with anime in general. So bring in more adult shit. And so we demand more adult shit. And they started making more adult shit because of this mindset. They fucking brought um, Baki the Grappler back. Thank God for that. <laughs> and you probably don't think uh, anything about it for it being, um, you know, you're like, what, Baki the Grappler? And it's like, yeah, uh, Baki the Grappler is really fucking awesome. Um, and it's like, and, and it's crazy that it took Netflix to do it, but look at what happened. Like, Baki the Grappler is really good. I mean, they tried to do that um, Ashura thing, but it's like, nah, you did 3D because you're stupid. Uh, and and it, anyone who sits there and look at it and go, well, it was, it was okay. And it's like, no, dude, it was a fighter thing that went 3D. Baki the Grappler's issue was that it tried to do that, and people didn't like it, thus they went away from the 3D shit. And if you notice, Baki the Grappler has already had an anime prior. So, um, and then even jumping into Baki the Grappler, when you did, when Netflix did it, it wasn't anything that was too far-fetched to where it was like some shit that you just could not follow or were not interested in looking up old Baki to stay with. And you should, <laughs> because it's good. But Oh, no. It was like the Ashra thing. It was like, yeah, it came out the gate with ugly-ass characters and whatnot because they wanted to make the shit 3D. Ugh, no. And then it's like, if you looked at the manga, the Ashra thing um, has a lot of shit and a lot of chapters and whatnot. Yet, I wonder why people didn't want to look at it. Because it was fucking ugly. <laughs> Which means and says a lot for an anime. I guarantee you that if anime are pretty anime, get a hell of a lot more respect than... Um, watered down uh, 
easily cheapened and uh, copied anime, like shit that you could see anywhere at any point in time and isn't really that well done. Yeah, it doesn't hold true or like stay in in the reins longer than shit that basically pull up its longevity by having one goddamn outstanding feature, which is the look. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, fucking Demon Slayer, and uh, goddamn um, Jobless Isekai. These things are being, they're literally getting carried by the fact that they're pretty as shit. <laughs> I swear to God, they're, they're pretty as a motherfucker. And that is pushing so goddamn much of what they're doing. But don't get it twisted. <laughs> it, it's 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 just the fact that the industry itself is. Yeah, damn. I forgot that was on until I started realizing that my heater was on, just blaring. Um, <laughs> I turned it on a while ago and totally forgot. It came white noise, as they do. But the industry essentially responds to the fans' outcry. Um, and you know, you would think, or you would wonder, and it was like, oh, so that's why anime does what it does because anime, um, Americans are starting to be interested in anime. No, uh, no, 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 that's why, um, companies are doing what they're doing with anime because America is starting to be interested in that, or, um, their fascination with Americans being interested in anime is following suit, which is why they're trying to make movies based off of shit or, um, live action series based off of anime because they don't get it. Um, but you have an immediate response from the fans rather than the shit that the comic book people have done. And I'm going to break that down big time because it's like that that's kind of one of the reasons why DC is doing what they're doing and they're getting away with it. And, it, and, it, and I, literally, I'm blaming the fans for that happening because it is your goddamn fault. But, like, stay with me on this. Americans' influence or um, influence from anime, as well as the outcry that they have for anime, as well as what they have done in terms of reign in the popularity for certain anime and whatnot, is there. It is relevant. It is something that is taken into consideration when making an anime. For damn sure not. But it has no effect whatsoever goddamn ever on anything that goes down as far as the Japanese are concerned when it comes to producing, creating, or publishing the shit. It doesn't. Now, we're starting to see the problems when they try to have that happen because all it's doing is making a bunch of failed manga and anime and the Japanese are seeing prices drop, oh, my tongue, prices drop, and they're not liking that. So why listen to a country that is talking about some shit that we made and that we've been doing and has been making us money for all these years. Why? Why would we do that? Fuck no. Now, my my issue with anime and um and the like and, and manga, if you will, is just for the concept of like the bad or the boring stories that come out with it. You know, and it's like my my problem are the things that I've fucking been wailing about um and in podcast uh, evermore have been certain incidents and certain things that they do with the cliches where they just don't follow suit and things where it's like you can have an interesting fucking character and then you drop the ball at the last minute because the Japanese audience expects when a main character walks into a bath, his nose is supposed to bleed. And then because of that, you actually make it a fucking issue where, oh, he can't, you know, actually commit to one woman because other women are around 
or something like that. Shit that essentially you would get tired of witnessing over and over again. And it's not shit that essentially only focuses on things like shonen and whatnot. It happens in all genres of the anime. So because there is no bastion of an anime that essentially does not do that, I have an issue with the fact that anime constantly does that and that we haven't had a moment or a point in which we've chosen not to do that within the industry because we just have so many moments and so many things that are basically being pushed and um, ushered in because of goddamn um, cliche, which is based off of nostalgia shit, but no one really understands where that stuff came from anymore. Nosebleeds were something that was done because they could not show boners in com um, in manga back in the day. So we needed something to signify that, to give that um, feeling of, okay, this dude is clearly horny. And then it became nosebleeds. But then the nosebleeds themselves became a joke. So they would have it where the nosebleeds would gush out like crazy, pushing heads back and shit like that. People don't get nosebleeds when they get turned on. That's not real, okay? But that's something that happens within manga and anime because of something that comes from their history. But at the same time, we also have the big eyes that they have within the characters, and that is literally from one fucking creator, from Osama Tezuka, who, who always thought that window that the eyes were the windows to the soul. So having big emotional and expression eyes is a major factor that needs to be contributed to his goddamn manga. And if you've read or seen any of his shit, Astro Boy included, Every character has big fucking eyes, sometimes sparkling eyes, sometimes very expressionable eyes. The um, the, I, the drawing of the character can be incredibly basic, but the eyes are really well done. And that's because how strongly he felt about the eyes. Thus continuing the cliche or the artistic styling of anime and manga to where their eyes look the way that they do. They've been changed and transitioned over the years, sure. But the eyes are something where when you draw a particular shape of eyes, people will look at it and be able to go, that's anime. That's an anime artistic styling when it comes to developing and showcasing eyes. And people are used to it, and that is what it is, and that's fine. But that does not mean that we should not have different drawings or views of animes in general because they all need to fit within the realm of keeping up with that cliche. And we don't. You look at shit like Ghost in the Shell, which was a movie that broke that mold, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yep, yeah, you understand, like, yeah, that kitty drawing shit won't really function here when we're trying to get real. And you shouldn't. <laughs> Don't compromise your vision for the cliche that's going on in anime. And when, when creators do it, it's beautiful. You, you get shit like Cowboy Bebop. You get shit like Gundam. It's beautiful. But when you don't, then you get uh, like, but then when you have the issue of essentially trying to capture that lightning in the bottle again, um, that came from years ago from someone finally stepping out of the mold of what the industry itself was generally put in, then you get the Gundam build shit that it, we have today, which is not utilizing or creating anything new within the Gundam world, but more so just hyping up more about the goddamn Gumpla industry than anything else and then the stories becoming incredibly lackluster and just really and you get shit like the cowboy bebop live action series <laughs> which essentially is the worst possible thing that can happen but someone looking at cowboy bebop and going mm, i can make it better and then allowing that shit to happen 
<laughs> That's a problem. But it all stems from the fact, um, if you will, that this is, uh, you know, it, it's it's an industry that has a tendency to be so goddamn amazing. It'll just make comic books in general look like shit um, if, they, if they so choose to do so. Um, if they get the act right to just constantly put out and make gold all the time, which they've had years to actually facilitate and try to do, but they can't. Um, if, any, like, if anything, it would be something that would contend right up there with comic books, um, but never really are trying to apply themselves because everything that anime does now is just for the sake of being safe. Uh, and that's another issue that I have with it. But the general difference and the things that make anime in itself special is the fact that there are these different stories with these different characters that are building up so much shit that have so much stuff going on different situations and things like that whether or not i like something does not deter its popularity nor will i um sit there and go i don't acknowledge why this is so popular and it's like hell i said about jojo all the time i get why well no no not jojo um i mean demon slayer uh i get why demon slayer is popular i get entirely why demon slayer is popular i don't think it's that good it is okay as the series goes there are major glaring issues within demon slayer but i get why people like it and i understand and respect that factoid with jojo it's different jojo's gay as shit i i i just feel that people are just kind of just fascinated with the fact that it's jojo and so they excuse all of the stupid stuff that's going on totally different situation but <laughs> it's not good they just excuse the dumb shit because it's jojo so dumb shit right but you can say the same thing about Baki the Grappler. And I think Baki the Grappler is good. Hey, the anime, you know? <laughs> it's like, that's the beauty of anime. But you look back at fucking comic books, and then you got yourself your own, that, like, that, that's its own fucking kettle of fish. It's where it was like, yeah, when you say, okay, I like Spider-Man, with that follows the mindset of, well, which one? <laughs> and it shouldn't. It really should <laughs> And it's like, well, which one? What was your taste of Spider-Man that made you fascinated with Spider-Man? What did you see Spider-Man and it was like, hmm, now that's good Spider-Man. <laughs> what 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 year of Spider-Man would you be partaking in today? So mm -hmm, give me some 1983 Spider-Man. Yes, yes. I, I love the 1983 Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, is that a an original 2099? No, I don't want that. Give me the new 2099. Yes, yes. <laughs> let, it, let it drip down my chin. <laughs> it is it is it is generally a big fucking problem that you realistically let your um let your fandom or the thing that you were interested in or the thing that you held in such high regard or was beloved or you consider, you know, categorizing in certain aspects like, oh, like we loved you during the golden age or the silver age of comic books. But now mm, the, the, the fact that that fall off happened is a huge fucking problem. And, and going back to what I said earlier about me blaming the fans for this shit happening, it comes with the mindset of essentially what what was one of the major like uh, issues that happened with uh, comic books was like um, essentially it got to a point where the artist had more pull than the actual writers that were making the stories. So then it got to a point where um, essentially we just got crazy ass detailed um, works of art within the books and 
just these bad fucking stories that went along with it because the art wasn't following or being done after a story was written. It was the art was being drawn up and then a story had to connect with that. And then these artists were basically having the pull as if they were the far more important aspects of the comic book. Not taking into account that it's the story with the artwork that is making these comic books be beloved and be cherished and whatnot. And because that happened, there was a huge issue, issue, I about to say incident, but a huge issue when it came to certain comic books because shit got bad. The stories were terrible and the artwork was kind of meh. You know, and it was like, cause they didn't, there was nothing to it. And it was like, who cares that you keep drawing all this shit? Hell, they kept giving work to that nigga who can't draw feet. And now it's like, oh, we can criticize and talk about his ass now. But it's like, when he was doing this shit, why was he in charge of drawing when he couldn't do proportions correct? Like when his proportions were all over the place and people generally did not like it. Why was he put in charge of books? Why did they keep giving him books? What the fuck? <laughs> You see what I'm saying? And it's like, but because the fans was like, well, maybe they'll turn it around. Maybe they'll bring it back around. And they got complacent in that mindset that that's how they handle shit and that's how they do stuff. Where you can just stop one artist's rendition of a book and then boom, you have another person pick it up. And then that character is still alive and well. There you go. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And when realistically, when you look at, and it's like, I know I'm keep comparing this to anime, but it's like, look at what's, look at what's doing well and look at what's fucking up right now. Okay. And you look at anime and then essentially, uh, there only is one story. There only is this one little thing. Even when you do a sequel towards something, it doesn't mean that that sequel is going to be as popular or will um, retain the same amount of interest as its predecessor. Look at Baruto and Naruto or Dragon Ball Super with Dragon Ball Z. It, it doesn't matter that they're cashing in on nostalgia and whatnot. That's just the company doing what the company does. But the original integrity of the story of Dragon Ball Z is left intact. I scream this to the high heavens. Dragon Ball Super is terrible. It's worse than Dragon Ball GT. And Dragon Ball GT is pretty fucking bad. But Super is a hell of a lot worse in terms of continuating the continuating. That's not a word. In terms of continuing the Dragon Ball Z storyline because it completely goes off the fucking rails and it does shit in a manner that's far more vindictive of a fan fiction than a than a recreation of Dragon Ball Z where they introduced and manipulate as well as say shit that more people have speculated about or pondered in dealing with Dragon Ball Z rather than actually have a mindset to really do anything with and you can sit there and scream all day long like Akira Toriyama does this Akira Toriyama does that we have proven time and time again both when it comes to fucking anime people, um, mangakas, and goddamn American film writers and script makers and shit like that. Look at, um, what's his name? George Lucas when it comes to the Star Wars trilogy. Or um, Peter Jackson when it came to doing the goddamn Hobbit movies. Also a prequel. Hmm. Trilogy. Hmm. Connection? Maybe. Maybe. Or, <laughs> but there's nothing but mountains of evidence that proved that just because someone created some goddamn that it basically aspired to have lightning in the bottle once upon a time doesn't mean that that happens every fucking time they pick up their hands nor does it mean that that's something that just screams out in their nature as something that they're definitely going to do again and again and again because you look at akira toriyama and all of his works in correlation to dragon ball z and then you will notice there is a huge dynamic shift 
and also a perfect example of growing up with your fucking audience. But there is a huge dynamic and tone shift between Dragon Ball Z from the initial start of it towards everything else that he has ever fucking made. And considering the fact that Dr. Slump is still his bread and butter and his golden goose for right now, I wonder why Dr. Slump fits so well within the mythos of, mythos of Dragon Ball, yet Dragon Ball Z does not. It's interesting. <laughs> it's a fascinating aspect that it realistically is something to ponder and think about. Hell, Frank Miller and all of the shit that he does um, when he got older rather than the shit that he did when he was younger. It You can fall off. That that is a, like that's a fear of mine with the shit that I'm making. <laughs> it's like, damn, like, well, I like I don't want to lose it, but I feel like like that's gonna happen. It, you you have no choice but for that to happen. Like you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's it no truer statement was said when it comes to this shit in terms of like just entertainment and media and whatnot. But hell, Steven Spielberg and all of his movies. Look at the shit that Steven Spielberg makes now. He he just fucking did West Side Story, something no one asked for. And then he decided not to have subtitles in it, something no one asked for. And he thought there was nothing wrong with that. Something someone should have told him. But he created all of these previously good movies. So he he knows what he's do doing, right? He's never directed a musical before. He, why? Why this? Why this? Why now? Who the fuck cares about West Side Story like that? Nobody. <laughs> Damn it. It's, it's just ridiculous that essentially... When it comes to anime and manga, once that one thing falls off, it falls off. It gets canceled. When the story starts to become convoluted, ridiculous, and, and it just no longer retains the same same umph that it had back in its heyday when it was doing well, oh, drop the bitch. We're done. We're done here. Get rid of it. Fuck it. No one's reading anyway. Who cares if it goes away? They'll have some impromptu ending. That'd be the end of it. It's done. Bye-bye. And, and the, the, the industry is better for it. But when it came to comic books, those IPs have to keep living with the shit. Well, we liked what they did within the storyline. It's just that the artwork was really shit. No one was buying it. So let's change the artist and change the writer and then still continue to produce more of the shit out with the books. I I never forget this because um, I was actually buying the Spider-Man Deadpool books, uh, comic book. And... Um, and literally just rang out true to me. And it was like, yo, two of my favorite Marvel characters in a book together after all these years of people being like, yo, their dynamic would be hilarious to see. They got put in a comic book together. And I shit you not, it is really, really good. It is funny as shit. It is hilarious. It's something that you can take in from Deadpool as well as Spider-Man. Him coming in with quips and Deadpool being joking the way that he is still being aligned with the matter of Spider-Man jokingness and Deadpool's jokingness are two totally different things. And yeah, I'm talking about current Deadpool. I don't give a fuck about Deadpool fans who like the old when he was a villain thing. I don't give a fuck about that. I fell in love with Deadpool who became the, the joke, the anti-hero. I fell in love with that Deadpool. The Deadpool that got a black daughter. That's the guy I like. <laughs> like that, that's the guy I like. Um, you know, I, I I fell in love with that guy. So, you know, no worse for wear that they changed him from being what he was. But yeah, one of the things was like, I looked at the Deadpool movies with Ryan Reynolds and I was like, this nigga encapsulated, he encapsulated Deadpool perfectly. He encaptured Deadpool's essence perfectly with the Deadpool that I like, not the Deadpool that was starting off 
don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about previous Deadpool. It's not my thing. Not my bag, not my thing. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> again, not my industry. So don't care. <laughs> but that book was fantastic to me. It was it was hilarious. It was funny. Hell, they used Deadpool and Spider-Man's DNA to give them a daughter who calls both of them daddies. And Deadpool keeps joking about the fact that, well, you know, <laughs> like that him and Spider-Man are a couple. And Spider-Man is like, no, that thing's an abomination. We need to kill it. Because, <laughs> like, oh, hell no. <laughs> it's funny. And then in the back of like their 14th or 13th issue, like one of the 10th issues or something like that, they announced that the writers that were initially started off and were doing the run of the books were no longer going to work on it anymore and that they're going to go to new writers. And I just stopped reading. I didn't buy the next issue. I didn't want to buy anymore because I knew what that meant when it came to comic books. And so then I was like, I'm done. I'm good. It was funny. And now that it, it like it, they, they wrote it and ended on a nice little solid note. And it was like, but also open to in doing, um, open to doing more with Spider-Man and Deadpool. And I was like, that's cool, but I'm good. Having to where Deadpool was, um, was given a contract to kill Peter Parker, but he doesn't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but he still likes hanging out with Spider-Man, but he didn't want to upset him because he had to kill Peter Parker because he felt that, or he knows that Peter Parker um has spider-man working for him so he's like i know you don't want me to kill your boss but i might have to kill your boss and spider-man's like "Ooh, wait you're trying to kill peter parker hmm? <laughs> and that was a hilarious aspect of that comic but the story itself like as soon as i as soon as i saw that it was like yeah they're not going to have the guys that were originally doing it anymore i stopped reading i have no reason to continue reading this whatsoever and it's not, and it's not even going. Well, you can still read it because of Spider-Man and Deadpool. Well, that will be lying to myself that I'm just absorbing anything and everything that comes with Spider-Man because I don't. If it's funny, if it's good, yes, I will partake in it as long as it pertains to my the character that I like or something that's interesting to me. By all means, yes, I bought those first two fucking Spider-Woman books when the bitch is pregnant because I was really, really interested in knowing who got her pregnant. And then I found out that, no, it's just a running thing that the bitch just got knocked up, but she ain't going to tell nobody who knocked her up. Then I was like, oh, then I'm done. I'm good. That's the only thing I wanted to know. And you're not going to tell me? Fuck you. That's it. Bye. <laughs> and it's like, again, I bought the first two volumes of that. I mean, the first two books. And it's like, it's only five bucks or four, whatever comic books are. It's like, yeah, it was only that, but I was interested in shit. And I was like, who got her pregnant? A spider woman. Who got her pregnant? And it was like, nope, there's some women power bullshit oh fuck it <laughs> i don't care uh-uh i'm just interesting interesting shit <laughs> it was like oh don't say nothing fuck it it's not gonna say anything oh fuck it get out of here fuck you even if you do say it i'm not gonna invest my time into reading this shit fuck you so no nah, fuck it <laughs> but it's essentially those books continue on they keep, that's how comic books themselves run. They do shit like that. Yeah, it's not the same writers that were making this shit interesting or good. We're going to pass the baton to somebody else. You don't do that. Normally, you just end the fucking story. Whoever you're passing the baton to, they need to make up their own shit. And yeah, it's gotten to the point where stuff is so oversaturated with different IPs, different reimagining different storytellings and then these motherfuckers don't collaborate together to make this shit make any sense in terms of like their one little particular universe but it's done in a way to where you have no choice but to acknowledge and to know 
that this shit is flawed big time. It has been flawed for a while. And when you had nothing but space and opportunity to actually fix it, you have only made it worse. And now that it's gotten to the point where they're just taking these characters, they don't give a fuck about them, and then they're putting them on a big screen. That's right. He finally got back to the DC she you thing. <laughs> You're putting them on the big screen. And then the fans of the comic books who could have done something a long time ago to stop this horrible shift in shit from happening. Because you could have told Marvel that their books sucked long before fucking um, uh, Fox got, I mean, Disney got a hold of the bitches. Long before that fucking shit happened. You could have made them know and realize that this shit was crap a long time ago, which then would have gave Disney nothing but more energy to understand. Hey, the things that make this shit popular wouldn't click if we was to try and issue in what we're trying to do with movies or the shit that we're trying to set in a tone that'll drop in a tone shift within these movies as like they're trying to do within the comics as well. The shit don't work. It don't make sense. These bitches don't sell um, comic books. And I mean that literally with the bitches that write the fucking comic books now that just keep doing dumb shit. And it's like, no one's buying these books. You bitches ain't selling books. Why do we keep hiring you? Why do you still have a job when you're bad at your job? You get someone else. You replace these motherfuckers. Them and anyone else that'll walk out upon them getting fired, you take as a godsend. And then you bring in people who care about the characters, who care about the content, who are willing to do shit to get you money because this is your business. This is your company. And if you're going to look at these IPs as only a money magnet, then use them like you would a money magnet. Get motherfuckers to keep the gravy train going. That way, the fans won't be upset. When you do shit the way that you do, because they'll know, yes, this is done for monetary purposes, but I still want to enjoy this content. Then you would have stuff like the Spider-Man No Way Home movie doing more and making more money like that. Because, yeah, that was something totally for fans of the Spider-Man movies. And it did well, and it broke over a billion fucking dollars during a time when every movie industry in the world wants to scream out that no one's going to see the movies because of the pandemic. And look what happened. Look what happened. It's okay to fire those bitches. It's okay to not be female heavy. I know you think that for some reason Hollywood is just so adamant about that shit that they hold so much ground because they're adamant about that shit, but they don't. Their movies that are female heavy or eccentric without any type of thought put into them don't make money. So why the fuck do you continue to do the same fucking formula when the shit don't work? And now you want to sit there and take an actual interesting story element from Batman, which is Batman Beyond, something that a lot of people got introduced to when they were younger because it came on TV and when it, like it came on around the same time as the Just League animated series and everyone knows how much everyone just loves bringing up fucking the Batman animated series, which is based around the Michael Keaton fucking movies. The, the 50s aesthetic and all that, that is because of the goddamn movies because that show came out in 1994. The movies came out in like 1989. So don't pretend like this shit doesn't correlate. And that Bruce Wayne in those Batman series is the aged Bruce Wayne that raised or helped make Terry McGinnis into Batman. Now, you don't need to do that dumb shit that they added at the end of um, fucking Justice League where they proved that Terry McGinnis was um, Bruce Wayne's dad. 
that was a clusterfuck if there ever was one because it yes it was interesting it was cool that they did it and i honestly like having andrea come back from the um mask of the phantasm as someone that was basically contacted to kill um uh terry mcginnis's parents cool the problem is is that that essentially took away the aspect of terry mcginnis being his own person that was thrusted into the realm of being taken up the mantle as batman which was similar to like any of the other robins and instead made it to where it was like oh no it has to be a genetic thing much much like to why damien has to take over as batman because that's his son when realistically no he shouldn't it doesn't really fucking matter one fans don't really like this character like that you keep trying to push him as this edgy robin kid and honestly he sucks but because of that that essence of well as long as they're related then that means that they have to do it much like why there's a gay superman well it's one of superman's sons so you have to accept him as superman because he's guy and he's superman's son so that means that you have to care no you don't you really don't and it does not have to function that way or work like that but it is a clear sign of like bad writing when they do shit like that but that's only at the end and then luckily that's not even in batman beyond but actually only in the um just league unlimited tv show but still i i, I like still it was, it was an issue for me um because you didn't need to do that to justify everything that was going on but still it was still interesting and good but it was like it shouldn't have happened you didn't need to do that for terry he was fine on his own um man the dude beat the joker for god's sakes but jesus <laughs> but it was something to where it was like, okay, so the movies that the animated series, which brought true and like made so many people fans of Batman, um, the movies that are responsible for that, the main character who played Batman in those movies is now willing to do another movie in which he would be the old aged Batman, which would fit perfectly with Michael Keaton because he's older now. And then you sit there and basically make up him up to make him look a hell of a lot older. Because, like, the Bruce Wayne on that was, like, pushing fucking 90 or something. Um, and it was like, yeah, Michael Keaton ain't that. But it's like, yo, you can add wrinkles and shit. Um, don't really know what they're going to do for the Flashpoint movies. But still, I would make him look much older. Uh, and then you take that and instill Terry McGinnis. And then you get your shot to introduce and to make a awesome-ass Batman Beyond movie. Which is something that people will just love and adore you for because all of the elements would fucking click together but instead your dumbass is deciding to go to a fucking bad girl movie and stealing this threshold because for some reason something in your stupid brain is telling you people like bad girl even though people don't like bad girl like that she is popular by association she does not have her own villains she does not have a tragic backstory that establishes or justifies her being bad girl until she was shot the bitch didn't have her superpower of a fucking memory she didn't become this age-old genius that they decided to turn her into which needed to be included in every facet of everything that batman ever did to the point where now batman can't go on missions unless oracle is telling them what to do good fucking lord it should not have been that but that is exactly what they made batgirl and the fans allowed that to happen because they just ate up the other stories that they would put out on the everything else under Batman. And they would go, well, this is good and this is not. This is good and this is not. 
retcon that don't retcon this let this part of the story go on and let that you just got this giant clusterfuck or something and then you you spit it out <laughs> then it's, it's, i don't want to touch it but the fans are like mm, i kind of like it <laughs> and then they do shit like the dcu the dcu <laughs> that's such a tongue twister <laughs> uh the dcu and they do that. And it's like, it's weird. Like, I could say the MCU all day long, but the DCU. <laughs> oh, man. But it's like, like, how do you let that happen? And I put the blame on the fans for sure. But they're not in, like, they're not, like, literally, they don't take the chunk of what's going on. But I just feel that the fans could have stopped this shit from coming a long time ago if the comic book fans were actually people who cared, like, the way that I would think that they care saying the shit that they say. Well, this is an inductive of the movies or the comics. And it's like, now they do shit that is related to the comics that are out now. So that statement no longer holds any water. So why do you keep saying it? <laughs> and it was like, well, it's crap. Then say it's crap. <laughs> Just do that. Let them know I'm not paying for this shit. This is terrible. Stop hiring these assholes writing this bullshit. Do that. Let your goddamn voices be heard around the time when they should have mattered and then we wouldn't have have this issue that we got going on. But again, it's not the bulk of the issue going on to the fans. But I do believe that they could have done something a long fucking time ago if they were to have spoken out. Damn you nerds. <laughs> that was mean. But because I mean, like, yes, look at the you like you look at the fucking industry of comic books and you look at what the movie industry and in Hollywood are trying to do and what they're doing and it being just so bad at it is that pushing all of this fucking gender in gender neutral bullshit this fucking women power dumb shit or all of this uh horrible aesthetic when it comes to trying to fulfill some one mighty need of instilling a bunch of characters that a lot of people don't really give a fuck about and not making them interesting but only telling you that they're interesting because they have a vagina or that they're gay is terrible i mean what was it like the um the 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 young Ripper dude had the little fallout with the bitch who was writing for the fucking um, Harley Quinn book. And the Harley Quinn book doesn't sell, but she put in there, Vixen is gay, and she's having sex with, like, a disabled person, a disabled lesbian, which is weird, because it's one of the things where it's like, you know, if you were a peak human being in physical conditioning, and you could have whatever you want, you know, and it's like, or you could get the creme de la creme of motherfuckers in your sexual preference lane, why would you not do that you know <laughs> and then again like that person starting to go around and like act as if like her rendition of characters that are essentially disabled or superheroes that are disabled or interested in disabled characters doing things is supposedly new or interesting or something that is like you know she's breaking ground upon doing this and then kind of spreading it like that and it's not uh, i mean like for the longest hasn't the thing been in a relationship with a woman who's blind and black <laughs> after his wife left him because she couldn't be with the monster that Reed Richards just continues to not heal because Lord knows he could have fixed him by now, but he hasn't because Reed Richards is an ass. But then isn't a thing in a relationship with a blind woman that you know how angry I get with the fact that that's not really brought up that much because that's so that's so deep of an emotional like of an emotional thing. She cannot see him. And he considers himself a fucking monster. But she cannot see him and she just loves the man. And even though that their relationship cannot be intimate, 
further than what it already is because he's a goddamn rock person. She still loves him and he still loves her. I I I love that aspect of the thing. I don't care for Fantastic Four, but I love that aspect of the thing. I love that. Reed Richards over here like knocking an invisible woman out of the park because that nigga can make his dick big, obviously. <laughs> but it is something to be revered into the sense where it's like you got a bunch of these people that are just basically virtue signaling and doing shit for the sake of doing shit. They're doing random shit and they're expecting to get praised for it. And then essentially you have a bunch of people who are looking at this stuff and they're just eating it up. Now, there's nothing we can do about these movies so far. There's, well, not so far. There's nothing we can do about these movies now because they are what they are. And until the shit crash and burns and then the movie industry moves on to the next big thing, who knows whatever the fuck that's going to be. There's nothing we can do about these movie industry now. The only prop, like, so them doing what they're doing is just a sign of the fact that like these people don't fucking learn. They don't. They let a woman take complete, they let the lady who directed the Wonder Woman movies take complete control over the reins and her movie was shit. When she did the first movie, she actually had help and the movie was considered really good and it was really well done and it was a, it was a good Wonder Woman movie. Yes. So why is it that, you know, you're going to double down on this shit and being like, no, full, full female heavy. We're going to full female heavy with this shit. We're gonna do this shit and do all that what what and blah 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 and whatnot. Girl power. And you just don't get the fact that, like, hey, the money that's being made from what well, that's definitely gonna get made from the Batman movie, which God knows I hope that's a good movie. Um, because I just want to see it. Um, from the Batman movie is gonna go into funding making this shit, you know to making the more female eccentric or oriented movies to doing more of the over heavily flow movie. <laughs> that, was, that was wrong, but it's going to be it. It like the whole thing is a clusterfuck. It, it really is because it's something to where at one point in time, this could have been like, I, I like to think this could have been avoided if the fans did better. I like to think that this could have been avoided if the industry wasn't so up its ass at multiple points in time upon their popularity. I like to think this could have been avoided if you just had people stick to their guns and let these companies that are using these people only for the IPs and the sake of making money to sit there and tell them, if you want to make the big bucks, this is how you handle it. Don't follow what Hollywood is doing with all of their movies, but just follow what these comics did that made them popular in the first place. Because that will still draw the normies in. They don't care. They just like the stuff. They just like the IP. All of those elements would have worked together. Then possibly we could have had a badass Batman Beyond movie. We wouldn't have to worry about something stupid like a black bad girl being done. Because that just makes absolutely no sense. Also it adds on to the cliche of basically replacing every redhead within comics with a black person which I don't understand, but it's funny and it's real. <laughs> but we wouldn't have the problems that we're having now within the industry if it just got to the point where the fans were to out were to speak up and say something about all those problems that they had within the industry all those years ago. And it actually and it actually like, you know, they actually followed through with the met with the nonsense. But they didn't. I don't know, you probably might correlate. Well, exactly like the fucking anime industry isn't perfect. Yes, but 
The thing is, is that the things that I have a problem with anime are not problems that the fans of anime have problems with. It's just things that I would like to see change in order for it to just have other interesting stories rather than the same old, same old cliche copy shit, copy and paste shit. That's just me. But it doesn't mean that uh, doesn't mean I'm wrong. But what it does mean is that there's no outcry for that. So, you know, give and take, really. (laughs) So with that, I'm going to end it here. This has been another episode of Fun with Flame. I've been hosting the Flame. My heart goes out to you comic book fans. It really does. Because you're seeing your beloved things get raped over the coals. And honestly, if you could, you know, you could just give up on them like I am. So you like what you like and you you hate what you hate. But uh, as always, good people. I hope you had fun.